Hello, and welcome to the bus stop. This is the official podcast of the National School Transportation Association. I'm Kurt Mackison, the executive director. And I do want to remind everyone about the weekly membership calls that we're having every Wednesday, 4 p.m. Eastern time. And this is an opportunity for us to exchange information, get the latest details on uh, activity with regard to our advocacy program, as well as be able to ask questions for our industry experts. So once again, that's every Wednesday, 4 p.m. Eastern time, and the information will be circulated to you in your membership bulletins. Now today at the bus stop, we have Don Lefebvre. He's the president and CEO of the Commercial Vehicle Training Association. So welcome to the bus stop, Don. Thanks for having me, Kurt. So you're president and CEO of the Commercial Vehicle Training Association. For the listeners, tell us a little bit about the association. Sure. Uh, Commercial Vehicle Training Association, commonly called CBTA, is uh, the largest association of commercial uh, truck driver training programs in the United States. Um, Our members represent over 225 training locations in 43 states, and our members collectively Uh, train about 60,000 commercial drivers a year, Uh, primarily Class A, but we also do some Class B as well. That's great. And we know that, you know, with the COVID-19 health crisis, things really began to unravel and shut down in March. When did you all have an inkling that the COVID-19 was going to negatively impact, you know, the commercial vehicle industry? Literally in mid-March, we sent a letter to the FMCSA. Uh, quickly outlining some provisions that we thought would be problematic um, early on. Uh, I think we sent a letter somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, March 17th or on or around. Um, so we, we we knew that that this was really going to impact you know our, our training institutions. Um, and you know I think as many of your listeners know, uh, it, it really the impact is not just on the the training institution. Uh, or any company, but it's really uh, with, you know, DMVs being shut down or the state driver's license agencies that have shut down. So um, I think most people saw where where this was headed, you know, having seen how China and Italy and other countries that were a little bit ahead of the curve um, were facing this crisis before uh, the United States. So we saw kind of what their lockdown orders were. I think it was only a matter of time, and we we saw that obviously is is problematic, and um, and tried to react accordingly. Yeah, for sure. And you know, what's the current state of activity for you mentioned the state driver's license agencies or SDLAs, and just a thumbnail sketch of you know what you see around the country. Yeah, it's so so it's kind of a mixed bag to be quite candid. Um, on the the surface level, you've got more than half that are open, uh, and I use that term loosely um, because even those states that are open are really operating on a limited basis. You know, limited hours, limited locations. Uh, but we still see, um, and it, you know, it's been changing by the day and frankly by the week. At one point, there were as many as 27 that it had been shut down. I think we're down to about 20 um, and uh, we may even be 18 or 19 uh, still shut down. Um, but it, it's been a real problem, um, you know, because obviously with when a, a DMV is shut down, uh, you can't get your commercial learner's permit, you can't get into training, uh, you can't get your CDL. Um, 
so I think the, you know, we, we have seen this change um, and, and morph over time. And when you dig into, let's say, uh, any one particular state, you, you find some, some nuances there. So they may only be open for CDL skills testing, but they may still be shut down for commercial learner's permit. So each state is kind of its own unique animal. And uh, uh, you kind of just have to, you know, dig in and find out what's actually going on with the state. Now, uh, as you know, NSTA recently signed on to a coalition letter that, um, you know, CBTA was spearheading, um, seeking to implement legislation and powers the, um, you know, USDOT with temporary authority to issue CDLs or allow CDL schools to do so. Can you just briefly tell us what you're trying to accomplish with that? Yeah, and thank you for NSTA's support on that. Um, we did spearhead a coalition letter uh, to grant the Secretary of Transportation concurrent authority. So think of it as becoming the uh, 52nd DMV on a temporary basis. Um, and the reason we did that, um, we actually had two letters. First is to appeal to the governors to uh, open up their, their DMVs and, and CDL training. Uh, schools or, or training providers if they were closed. Um, and obviously the preference is to work through through the governors. Um, but if the governors are unable or unwilling, we've got to maintain, a, you know, even a minimal pipeline of drivers uh, because, you know, when the economy comes back, it's supposed to come back very quickly. And uh, you're going to see that need for drivers return uh, substantially. So, um, so really, the, the federal legislation is really designed uh, to be kind of a, a break glass in case of emergency. Um, you know, frankly, we, we're hopeful that it never has to get implemented. Um, but it, 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 if it does need to get implemented, um, you know, we, we want the, the secretary to have that uh, uh, temporary power to do so because we need to continue to produce commercial uh, uh, truck and bus drivers. So, um, you, you know, I think what, what's what's interesting about this issue is the the, mo the, the problem in our estimation is going to uh, change. And let me kind of illustrate what that is. So right now, the, the bulk of the problem is just getting drivers to get their commercial learner's permit so they can start training and then get out, you know, and, and, and drive on, on uh, public roads. We, we do think that that will, as states are starting to kind of open back up, that will change a little bit um, and at, at some point become more of a commercial uh, driver's license skills testing issue as opposed to the uh, commercial learner's permit uh, problem that we're, we're seeing right now. Um, but I think, look, both are, are, are you know, vital to, to maintaining that pipeline of drivers. Um, you know, the, the driver shortage has been uh, in existence, um, it, you know, frankly, from the at least the trucking perspective, um, it, it, it's not a problem, you know, this week right now. And that's largely due to demand being down so much. But again, as demand comes back and comes back with a vengeance, which, you know, economists pr are predicting, you're going to see that demand for drivers, obviously, um, you know, come back as well. And, and I'm, you know, while that's true in the trucking industry, I know that, that the bus industry uh, and the school bus industry obviously face the same need for drivers. Yeah, absolutely. And um, 
you know, one thing that happened that, uh, you know, I've been um, trying to explain is, you know, when the FMCSA issued that waiver on uh, March 24th, I believe it was, um, you know, it provided certain things, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a panacea. It, it really just kind of allowed states, gave them the green light um, to pursue their own waivers without the, you know, specter of enforcement hanging over their heads. So I don't know if folks really understood what that was all about, um, but you guys also face the same hurdle that we do in school buses that essentially it's a 50 state scheme out there or 51 yep. if you consider District of Columbia and you have to navigate through that morass in a lot of cases. Yeah, and, and, and actually, so we've, uh, we had a problem pre-COVID um, that we've been working on for years and it's skills testing delays. We were fortunate enough to get a skills testing delays report into the uh, 2015 FAST Act and based off of the data that was, you know, uh, reported by the FMCSA, they went out to states and collected uh, the, the skill testing delays report. It was a $1.5 billion economic loss. And that was obviously pre-COVID. Um, and what we're going to see, uh, obviously, coming back into this is you do have that kind of 50 state regulatory regime. And it's you know, really based off of our experience working with individual states trying to get more uh, testing capacity, either at the DMV or, or by implementing third-party testing, is, is in part what really drove our, um, our thought process to create this federal legislation. Now, let me kind of illustrate, because uh, I'm sure some of your listeners will, will uh, uh, understand the, the problem. So, in the, you know, every state is, a, is its own animal. Um, and uh, about half the states right now allow uh, third-party testing for, you know, motor carriers, for private schools, public schools, uh, unions, whoever. Uh, but in the other half of the states, they may choose only certain actors to be those third-party testers. Um, and when you start to examine some of these individual states, what, what you start to find is they, um, they, they really some empower their DMVs um, and others really just keep that, that power at the legislative level. So um, this is really going to be problematic because if a state would have to call back in their legislature to change their law, uh, many state legislatures are out, they're not meeting, um, and you could be forced into a scenario where even if a state wants to take advantage of these regulatory waivers that the FMCSA issued um, or, you know, do something to, to provide more flexibility and allow, you know, uh, schools or, or training providers to um, issue the knowledge exam or CDL skills test, they may actually be prohibited because of their state law. And just based on our experience, um, we, we really looked at that and said, you know, if you give the federal government concurrent authority, it's it will be a faster process, likely a faster process uh, to maintain that that same capacity because they may be prohibited from doing it at the state level, but the federal government would not be prohibited. So, um, you know, we we really looked at that and and think that's one of the reasons why um, you know this legislation really is needed on a temporary basis. 
Yeah, that, those are all, uh, you know, great points. And it's interesting to see, you know, that, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, when we talk about federalism, how it really impacts the distribution of not only f funds, but also, you know, services at the, you know, at the state level. Um, and that, um, you know, when we hit a crisis like this, it is difficult to navigate all 50 states. It is. You know, I think the, the, the problem is, you know, and I want to give the FMCSA credit. I mean, they've definitely been out there, you know, pushing states to to keep their DMV, you know, pouring states to keep their DMVs open, but they can't mandate that, right? And and I think that's literally the exact problem um, because, you know, uh, especially in the trucking world, um, you know, most of our drivers are interstate drivers. They're, they literally move interstate commerce. So, um, you know, whereas a state says, look, I'm interested in, in focusing on the, the, the health or the protection uh, uh, of our citizens, that, that, look, we get that. That's, that's certainly um, understandable. It's important. But you also have to look at this from a national perspective. You know, a, a driver who would be produced in California will take loads in literally all 40, you know, lower 48 states. So um, it becomes you know, very problematic when you have some, some large states that, that would be producing truck drivers who will be delivering loads to states that aren't just their own. So it really is an interstate commerce problem. Um, and, you know, because it is an interstate commerce problem, uh, you know, it does require uh, a national uh, temporary authority uh, to, to apply to all states to make sure we maintain that pipeline of drivers. Yeah. Uh, and Don, it's been, you know, great, you know, working with you initially, you know, we look forward to working with you further, hopefully on things like um, school bus only CDL. But uh, thank you, you know, for your efforts, you know, with respect to this uh, during the COVID-19 crisis. Once again, Don Lefebvre, he's president and CEO, the Commercial Vehicle Training Association. Don, thanks so much for joining us at the bus stop. Thanks, Kurt. Look forward to working with all NSCA members.